Today on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag. That if you ask anything in my name, what he's saying is, it has to be consistent with who I am, my character, my nature. It has to be compatible with who I am. Whatever you ask in my name, according to my nature, that I will do. And here's why I'll do it. Listen, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You're listening to In Spirit and Truth, the radio ministry of Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. is currently teaching through the book of 2 Thessalonians. Do you struggle with God not answering your prayers? The Bible declares that you may be praying with wrong motives and maybe the wrong attitude. Today, Pastor J.D. will encourage you to pray for what is consistent with God's character. Seek to know God so intimately that you pray for His will and for what will bring Him glory. Now, be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. But for now, here's Pastor J.D. in the book of 2 Thessalonians chapter 1 with today's edition of In Spirit and Truth. As I'm back there just praising the Lord, I'm, I'm praying, Lord, when I get up there and I have this dorky thing that I do, it's kind of a quirky thing, but I, I say, Lord, as soon as my hands hit that pulpit, it, it, you take over, because if you, if, if you don't show up, forget about it. I need the power, I need the anointing of the Holy Spirit when I get up here behind this pulpit. So absent the Holy Spirit, how, how is it possible to live a holy life? You know, the best illustration I ever heard. And I want to say it came from none other than Charles Spurgeon. This is a, an example, an illustration of the power of the Holy Spirit in the life of a Christian. Okay, let's say that you're at the beach and it's not closed. <laughs> so you got your, yeah, sorry, again. So you're at the beach and you've got this canoe and it's on the sand and you want to push it in and get it into the water. And I mean, you're just with all of your strength, with all of your might, with all of your power, you're pushing and pushing and pushing and that thing ain't budging. So you call over a few of the, you know, brothers, hey, you know, they come over, they're pushing, 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 can't move. They might move it a couple of inches, sheer might and strength and the energy of the flesh, but it ain't happening. That, that, that thing is not getting in the water. And then all of a sudden, here comes the tide. And that tide comes in, and you take your pinky, and you push that thing into the water. That's the power of the Holy Spirit. You know, on the mainland, it's foreign to us here, (laughs) but in Washington State, my old stomping grounds, uh, you know how they harness power for electricity? water. They build these dams because of the power of the water. Have you seen how powerful water is? 
Do you, do you think about when Jesus said that when you have the power of the Holy Spirit, your life will be like a torrent of living water. That's how powerful it is. That's the power of the Holy Spirit. Pray, God, I, I need the power of the Holy Spirit. I need the baptism with the Holy Spirit. Maybe this is as good of a time as any to remind you lovingly (laughs) that in Scripture there are three Greek pronouns describing the work of the Holy Spirit in the life of a believer. The Greek pronouns are en, pardon me, first is para, en, and epi, and I'll explain them. Para in Greek is where we get our English word for uh, words like paralegal, parachute, parallel, come alongside. En, E-N, is our English word for in, I-N. And epi, thirdly, in the Greek, E-P-I, is where we get our English word for upon, U-P-O-N. Okay. Now, the Holy Spirit is alongside of us. When we come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ, then the Holy Spirit is in us. But when we're baptized with the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit comes upon us and empowers us. I'm going to leave it there. It looks like I might need to do a teaching on the Holy Spirit and the baptism with the Holy Spirit. Please don't get hung up on the whole tongues thing. I know there's been a lot of damage done by well-meaning hyper-Pentecostalism, that the only evidence of being baptized with the Holy Spirit is the speaking in tongues. Well, first of all, there's a difference between speaking in tongues and a prayer language in an unknown tongue. And when you go into the book of Acts, what you'll find is five specific times where the Holy Spirit came upon someone, upon them, only, I think it's two of those times, uh, or maybe it was three, only three of those times there was this manifestation of tongues, but not every time, which means that not everyone is going to have that gift. Well, I really opened up a can of worms on that one, didn't I? Can I put them back in and move on to the last one? Just (laughs) It's in verse 12, and it's that which I would like to spend the remainder of our time on, because it is a biggie. Not that the others aren't a biggie, but this one might explain a lot for some, some of you. This might answer some questions concerning prayer, more specifically unanswered prayer. In verse 12, Paul talks to them about God being glorified. And this to me, if you were to ask me as to why it is that many of our prayers go unanswered, this would be why. This would be it. And I'll explain. When I pray for something or someone that in the end does not bring God the glory, it's not going to get answered. That's what James calls asking amiss. He says, you have not because you ask not. And then even when you do ask, when you do pray and ask God, you ask with wrong motives. You might 
be doing the right thing, but asking for the wrong thing. You're doing the right thing, you're praying, but you're asking for the wrong thing with the wrong motive, the wrong heart, the wrong attitude, because it's it's not for God's glory, it's for your glory. And God's not going to answer that prayer. If If it glorifies God, then God is going to answer that prayer, if it brings Him glory. And we see this replete throughout Scripture, particularly in the Gospels, where Jesus says that it has to bring glory to the Father. I I want to read John 14, verses 13 and 14. I would invite you and encourage you to turn there. Uh, But I want to preface it. Uh, this way. And this is, this is extremely important. This is something again that changed forever my prayer life. When I understood this simple yet powerful truth concerning prayer, it changed everything. Here it is. God will answer my prayers the same exact way I would answer my own prayers if I knew what He knew. So it goes like this. I pray, Lord, would you please, and and, and here's God, I I don't mean to be too silly in my illustration of this, but I'm praying, I'm asking God, oh please God, do this, do this, do this. And God's going, "Mm -mm, you don't want me to do that, trust me, you don't want that. Have you heard the expression, (laughs) uh, I thank God for the prayers that He's answered, but sometimes I'm more thankful to God for the prayers He didn't answer. Because had He answered that prayer the way I prayed it, it would have been catastrophic. And God knew it, but I didn't. I'm like, God, you're not answering my prayer. God's like, you don't want me to answer your prayer. Are you kidding me? You know, we say prayer changes things. I'm going to take it a step further. Prayer changes the prayer. It changes me. So, okay, uh, I've been keeping a prayer journal for many, many years. Uh, and the, the most recent one, it goes back, I think, about 10 years, but it's in, um, now it's in Word, but it was in Microsoft Excel. And so I had this, uh, you know, my, my prayer list, and I'd have a, you know, column for the date that I prayed it, the prayer request that I prayed, the, the answer to the prayer, and the date that it was answered. This is good. You know, they say, don't try this at home. No, try this at home. So I go back over this prayer list, over some of these prayers that I prayed, and I'm thinking, oh God, thank you so much. I can't believe I prayed that. Thank you, God, so much for not answering that prayer that way. So I go, delete. No wonder. So he did answer it. And by the way, he always answers prayer. We just may not like the answer, right? Because he's going to answer it in one of three ways. It's either going to be yes. Oh, I love it when he does that. Yes, Jesus, praise the Lord. Or no. Why? Or how about this one? Worse yet, wait. I hate to wait. I don't want to wait. I would almost rather have a no than a wait. I got to wait. I hate to wait. That's the point. (laughs) I know that you hate to wait. That's That's why I'm going to make you wait, because I'm teaching you patience. That's why. 
as one so aptly quipped, when the prayer request is wrong, God says no. When you're wrong, God says grow. When the timing is wrong, God says slow. But if the request is right, and you're right, and the timing is right, God says go. God's timing is always perfect. Isaiah thirty eighteen says that God will delay, make me wait. Why? So He can be gracious unto you. You know, God's never late, but He's never early. And truth be known, you don't want Him to be early. God's timing is always perfect. I look back over my prayer lists over the years, and I see those prayers. And some of them, I mean, years went by. And I look at what God did during that time over those years. And I'm just thinking, Lord, if you would have given it to me prematurely, it would have been nothing like what it is now. What you did and the way you did it, and at the time that you did it was perfect. It's like God going, well, duh, I'm perfect. Remember? My timing is perfect. Now, John 14, verses 13 and 14. This is Jesus speaking. And this is perhaps one of the most misunderstood verses in all of Scripture. I think it ranks right up there with 1 Timothy 6. You know that the love of money is the root of all evil. And that is so misquoted. You know, money is the root of all evil. No, it's not. Money is neutral. It's amoral. It's, it's what you do with the money. If you love the money, that's the root of all evil. Now listen to what Jesus says very carefully. He says, and whatever you ask in my name, that I will do. I like it so far. I'm good with this. Wait, anything I ask? Yeah. Whatever I ask? Yeah. But it has to be in my name. Okay, so I'll just say at the end of my prayer, Oh Lord, won't you give me a Mercedes Benz in Jesus' name. That's not what he's saying. You have to understand in the Middle Eastern culture, and this is what it is to this day, modern day, that the name is the nature. In fact, they would wait to name the child until they learned the nature of that child, because the name is the nature. So if we would have done that, I would not have named my boys Elias and Levi. I would have named them Search and Destroy when they were young. My, my given name in Arabic, Wahid, is the nature. The name is the nature. Wahid in Arabic is the number one. <laughs> Thank you very much. <clears throat> so the numbers one through five are Wahid, Tanin, Talata, Arba, Khamsa. So when you're saying, oh, and by the way, in the Arabic New Testament, uh, Jesus is referred to as Al Wahid. How about that one? The only begotten, number one. It's literally the number one. That's the nature. I was the first begotten son. Wahid. The name is the nature. You don't like that one? How about this one? This is a good one. Uh, Abraham and Sarah. Uh, Abraham's 100 years old. Sarah's 90 years old. <laughs> and, you know, God appears to Abraham a year to the day before he's going to give him, you know, the promised son, Isaac, 
And Sarah laughs, right? You, you know the, the whole, how that went down? And talk about, talk about timing of a prayer. Could you imagine, the, you know, the angel of the Lord comes to Abraham and says, okay, now I'm going to answer your prayer. Abraham's like, that's a really, really old prayer. That's like archived on a really old hard drive. That's okay. We got Ishmael over here. No, that's not going to work. Ishmael is a type of the flesh, Isaac a type of the spirit. So anyway, the angel of the Lord comes, says to Abraham, I'm going to give you a son. And Sarah laughs, right? Now we pronounce the name in English, Isaac. But in Hebrew, it's Yitzhak. And in Arabic, it's Yitzhak. Do you know what Yitzhak in Arabic or Yitzhak in Hebrew means? Laughter. Deeply profound, I know. So if I were to say to you <laughs> in Arabic, ma'akum, I'm laughing with you. Every time you said the name Yitzhak, Yitzhak, you were saying laughter or laughing. This is laughable. The name is the nature. I'm going somewhere with this, so please don't look at me like you're looking at me. So when Jesus says that if you ask anything in my name, what he's saying is, it has to be consistent with who I am, my character, my nature. It has to be compatible with who I am. Whatever you ask in my name, according to my nature, that I will do. And here's why I'll do it. Listen, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, second time, I will do it. In other words, I pray, and sometimes I don't know how to pray. The Holy Spirit helps me, empowers me, enables me. But if I'm asking God for something that in the end will bring Him glory, it's a done deal. I don't know when, I don't know how, I just by faith know that He will do it, because He told me so. Because it glorifies Him. It brings honor and glory to Him. It's according to His will, according to His nature. It's in His name. Whatever I ask, if it meets this prerequisite, it's a done deal. And never imagine that, this is another topic for another time, but never imagine that God is reluctant, like, you know, oh, you again? When you approach the throne and pray and ask? Could you imagine? Oh, my goodness, how disconcerting would that be? You say, loving Heavenly Father, what? Oh, no, it's just a bad time. I'm so sorry. No. There's that parable of the unjust judge, the persistent widow, that I mean, she just is constantly asking and pleading. And finally, the judge reluctantly gets up and says, the only way I'm going to get this woman off my back is to give her what she's asking me for. She's asking for justice. Now, that's not to say that God's in heaven going, man, the only way I'm going to get J.D. off my back is to give him what he's asking for. No. 
The point of the parable is this, if an unjust judge will do that, how much more a just judge in your heavenly Father? How much more? You know, I, I'll close with this. I hope this isn't too um, uh, out there. I'll try to help me out, Lord, with this, because this is really important. When I pray, um, I pray to my heavenly Father in the name of Jesus by the power of the Holy Spirit. And I imagine my heavenly Father through the eyes of my own self as an earthly father. Stay with me. So when one of my children comes to me and asks me for something, I'm going to, I love them so much. And I think about when Jesus said, if you being evil as earthly parents, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more? So I I, I imagine in my mind's eye, I picture in my prayer, my loving Heavenly Father who loves me more than I could ever imagine, that I could ever comprehend, incomprehensible, unfathomable, His love for me. And so I come to Him, I imagine Him just waiting, going, all right, what do you want? What do you want? Ask anything. (laughs) If it brings me glory, you got it, man, you got it. What is it? What do you you want? Gabriel, Michael, get over here. JD's getting ready to pray. Whatever he asks in my name, if it brings me glory, get down there and get it done. And then here I come, right? All of heaven, the heavenly hush on standby. JD's about ready to pray. Shh. What's he going to ask for? I don't know. Lord, bless this meal and bless them and bless. That's it? I'm sorry. Go back. Gabriel, Michael. It's another meal prayer. Get the intern, (laughs) the new guy. I'm down there. Bless the meal. I'm sorry if that's too. Again, silly, but you get the point, right? Here we have unfettered access to the Creator of the heavens and the earth and the sea and all that in them is. And He's saying to us, we can ask Him for anything. And we don't. Thanks for joining us today for In Spirit and Truth. Pastor J.D. has been teaching through the New Testament book of 2 Thessalonians a letter penned by the Apostle Paul to encourage a church that was doing its best to stand for truth against false teaching. Is that something you face today too? It's possible there are many in this world that don't know the whole truth of the Bible and pick and choose what passages they like, even twisting words to fit their agenda. Don't let their lies confuse you. Take all that you hear back to the Bible itself. We hope today's teaching has inspired and encouraged you and that you're eager to continue learning from God's Word. We'd be honored to be praying for you during this study. Would you let us know how we can be doing that? 
You can connect with us by visiting our website, inspiritandtruthradio.com, and clicking on Contact under the About tab. We'll get in touch with you as soon as we can. You'll also find us on Facebook and Twitter. You're welcome to interact with us there. Pastor J.D.'s teachings are also available on YouTube. Links to all of these are available at our website. Are you part of a church? We want to encourage you to find and begin regularly attending a church in your area if you haven't already. If you're near Kaneohe, come visit us. You'll find all the information you need, including service times and directions to Calvary Chapel Kaneohe. All that and more can be found at InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com. That's all for today. Thanks for tuning in to In Spirit and Truth. With your wind.